Okay, Raider Nation, a little bit of an apology that i got to make here. I made an episode featuring the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders and their matchup heading into the 2020 season after free agency and after the draft. I made this episode with Ed, a Broncos fan, probably way back in June, like uh, June 17th, June 16th, sometime around that time frame. And it's taken me this long to actually get it up there and post it. So my sincerest apologies, especially to Ed, uh, but I think it was really, really great. Uh, I love talking with the uh, about the Denver Broncos because I hate them so much, and this conversation was really, really great. So thanks for tuning in, and stay tuned for my conversation with Ed about the Raiders and Broncos. Okay, Raider Nation, as I've said many, many times before, I genuinely hate, I mean hate, the Denver Broncos, and I especially hate their fan base. They are some of the most obnoxious people I've ever met. But unfortunately, we got to talk about them, which is actually kind of fun lately because they've been playing so badly. Not like the Raiders have been a whole lot better. But unfortunately, I did find one, and he's actually kind of a pretty decent guy, so I got to behave with him. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Ed, how are you doing today? Good, Eric. How are you? I'm doing pretty darn good. Uh, so, let's see. You are a little bit of, a, of an enigma when it comes to Bronco fans. You've uh, you're not from the Denver area, so how did you come about being a Broncos? Tell everybody about uh, how you became a Broncos fan. So uh, yeah, I'm your ultimate nightmare. I'm a Broncos fan by choice, not by birth. Yeah. So uh, I, I chose this. Um, I <laughs> growing up in Chicago uh, as a little kid. Butkus and Sayers were the were the Chicago Bears, and mm-hmm. uh, as I really became a fan, they they were in the verge of retirement <laughs> injuries. And uh, went out to Colorado for the first time and fell in love with it, decided I was going to live out there one day and started adopting the Broncos just as kind of a, you know, fun to have another team. Uh, By 77, when they emerged as a legitimate team beating that that ridiculous team that had won the Super Bowl the year before in a uh, championship game, um, that really sealed the deal for me. And yep. uh, the emergence of the Orange Crush defense was was instrumental in that. Uh, really, to this day, that's my favorite team, even more so than the, the Super Bowl Thirty Two Broncos. Not bad. That's cool stuff. You know, for a little while, I actually lived in the Denver metro area. I was kind of all over in Aurora. We call it Saudi Aurora. I think they still call it Saudi Aurora. I was also <laughs> in uh, Littleton and the Columbine area, and also the Capitol Hill, Capitol Heights area as well. And I had a lot of fun there uh, when I was there, but I, I was still very much, still very much hated the Broncos even then. Uh, this was like 10, 15 years ago. And, but it was really fun because at that time there was still a lot of Raiders fans in the Denver area. So it was really, really cool. But it's really funny because my last guest I had for the Chargers, uh, his name was Julian. You know, he became a Chargers fan because of guys like LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates, whereas, you know, you're dropping names of Gail Sayers and Dick Buckets way back in the, way back in the day. I mean, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting that I've gone from two ends of the spectrum here, you know, having yeah. a, a really young guy and then uh, a veteran like yourself. So it's uh, that's been going pretty good. I, so, I, I witnessed the best Raiders teams also, and and I got to say they they were very impressive, unlike the current team. Definitely, you know, I'm glad somebody has seen the Raiders. Uh, play really well in their lifetime. I sure would love it sometime. It'd be great. There was that brief time with Rich Gannon and John Gruden. Other than that, it's been, uh, yeah, it hasn't been fun. So let let me ask you this, because this is one of those Twilight Zone, you know, but for, if you guys Mm -hmm. not traded away Gruden, would you have another ring? I I think so. Um, I can get into that a whole lot, but basically the way that the Raiders could have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was run the ball down their throats, and the that was originally their game plan. And then on the Friday before the before the game, uh, the coach I can't uh, Bill O'Callaghan at the last minute changed it, and much to the chagrin, and it made Jerry Rice and Tim Brown extremely upset and Rich Gannon. And so then they went to a very uh, pass heavy game like they had all season. But uh, and you can even hear John Gruden; he was mic'd up in that game. If you go back and listen to him being mic'd up, he was saying, let them keep throwing it. Let them keep throwing it. You know, whereas <laughs> the Raiders had 
Tyrone Wheatley and Charlie Garner and a huge, massive offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think. Yes. I think with uh, John Gruden, they they would have won that. So that's definitely one of those uh, one of those things that's really up for a lot of debate. Everything and that can make an entire episode if I wanted to, but that one would kind of be pretty boring, I think. So, but anyway, so so talking about the Denver Broncos. And it's kind of funny. So I refuse to call the Broncos fans by their moniker. You know, we have Raider Nation, um, and the Broncos have one that's an obvious ripoff. So I won't mention it, but uh, most people know what I'm referring to. Anyway, so we're kind of wrapping up the Broncos offseason here. But it's interesting because they're probably the one team where here we are even in late June, and we're talking about the Broncos offseason may not be done, and the most important move may not be done. Of course, we're talking about the possibility of trading for Aaron Rodgers or maybe even to a lesser extent, Deshaun Watson. So let me ask you this. First and foremost, which one would you rather have of the two? And, um, and then second of all, assuming that the Broncos can trade for Aaron Rodgers, what would be a suitable a suitable, suitable hypothetical trade, in your opinion? Great questions. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. I'd say if, if you're asking the next five years, mm-hmm. I would take Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if Watson can get all of his legal issues, you know, the guy's 25 years old. If he can get those under wraps and then keep himself out of trouble, He's mm-hmm. got another 10, 12, 15 years, uh, the, you know, elite play. Uh, yeah. So I, I would be happy with either one uh, compared to what we have now. But uh, I'd say, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is very hungry. He's coming off an MVP season. Uh, his interception ratio last year was insane. And with our defense, if he can avoid turning over the ball, I mean, even if he just became a game manager, I'd, I'd like our chances. But with his his skill set, uh, I could see a couple rings in the next three, four years. I think the longer they wait, the less they're going to get for him. Uh, they, you know, I think they're don't really understand what's going on in Green Bay, and Rodgers is just kind of biding his time. But mm-hmm. once we get to training camp our offer is going to go way down. There's nobody else who's going to want them or at least not, you know, bid more unless you guys are, are, are scheming something over there. Cause I think you're the only other, the only other team that's really an option right now. And uh, I think what we're looking at is if he sits out a year at his age, he just might not come back or at the very best, you know, he's a year older and he'll have a year of rust and teams aren't sure what, what they're getting anymore. So I'd say if this deal does not happen by mid-July, you know, within about a month, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. I'd say at this point, you know, I'd be very comfortable with a couple firsts, a second, and an established player. Uh, the, na- the names that have been kicked around include Bradley Chubb and, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not real excited about giving him up. But I think we could give him up and a few draft picks and bring Rodgers on board and be a contender for the next four or five years. And I think it's worth it. I, you know, very few teams have that opportunity or that window. And if we can make that happen, I, I say you got to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned that the Raiders were one of the teams that uh, have a legitimate chance. If I remember correctly, Aaron Rodgers said that there are three teams that he would like to be traded to. Uh, I can't remember. There was one NFC team. The Niners who wound up that's taking right. care of it with their draft picks. So yeah, they, they, they took – okay, so they're out of it now with Trey Lance. And then it was also the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Uh, so I think the Raiders would be definitely a viable option for them. Uh, I, I think one thing that gives the Raiders a little bit of an edge is that they could trade away Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, which I think the – Green Bay Packers have said that if they're going to trade them, that they want a quarterback in return. I think both of those are better options than either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Derek Carr just just said, I think today, in a or yesterday in a press conference, that he doesn't want to play for anyone other than the Raiders, that if he had to play with somebody else, he'll just quit football. So that kind of downs his trade value <laughs> there a little bit. 
But that's okay because I'm happy with Derek Carr as a franchise quarterback anyway. Um, so, but, you know, there is one team where nobody's really talking about them for obvious reasons, but the pairing would just simply be way too great and it's just too obvious for me to ignore it. That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers, that if they could get their hands on Aaron Rodgers, I mean, forget about it. It would be it would be uh, pretty pretty much lights out for, for them. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I think that the Broncos trade uh, trade value for him may drop as, a, as it goes down, but I think there would be some team out there who would be willing to trade quite a bit, even if it's after training camp or, you know, even, even early on in the season, you know, if we're looking at Aaron Rodgers decides that he doesn't want to, that he wants to hold out of the games, start missing games. And then, one of these teams comes out and they're not doing very well that they may overbid for Aaron Rodgers uh, in order to, to get him. So, but who knows? It's definitely going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. I, it's, it's absolutely going to be the story of the summer and possibly the season. Uh, I think it's the, in the kind of an annoying way too. a little annoying too, but you know, it is that time of season where there's not a whole lot going on and Aaron Rodgers moving is big news. Yeah, well, it almost overshadowed the draft, which I think the NFL was was absolutely, you know, irate about um, that. You know, I, I was listening to Denver talk radio instead of watching the draft. Uh, so what's the uh, I know. So you probably pay attention a little bit more to it than I do. Uh, have you heard anything from the Packers if they're more likely to trade him now or if their interest in trading him is is decreasing what what have you heard uh, i mean i i haven't heard anything from the packers but albright came out uh, on a cleveland show on monday and said 60 percent chance that he goes to the broncos okay. uh from you know everything that i have seen and heard i mean he's got his fiance in boulder he uh you know, wants to be out west he loves Colorado. He's been living in Colorado pretty much for the last year. And uh, he's got all the weapons that he's been, you know, upset about Green Bay not getting him. I just saw a stat that, that's amazing. He's he's only had one touchdown pass in his entire career to a first-round draft pick. Um, tight end, wide receiver, any any anybody catching a ball from him, he's had one touchdown to a first-round draft pick. That's that kind of ridiculous. That's that's lack of support. Uh, shame on so, and shame on the Packers for that. That's yeah. that's absolutely ridiculous. You know that they granted Aaron Rodgers is one of those players where you don't need to give him a whole lot and you can focus on the defensive side of the ball, which the Packers have kind of done. But I mean, for crying out loud, for for that to be true, that one touchdown pass to a first round draft pick is kind of ridiculous. Seeing how he's played for. Yeah since like 2008 or something. And and to make matters worse, that first round draft pick was a 30-year-old Tavon Austin. Who had oh, been wow. Kind of a bust. Well, so that's – the Packers wasn't really – wasn't even the Packers draft pick. The last time they, they drafted a receiver of any type in the first round was 2002. Wow. That's – that's, that's got to be embarrassing if you're the Green Bay front office. But at the same time, they are one of the more successful franchises, even in, in the last decade. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers pretty much has everything to do with that. You know, there's nothing in, about their roster that screams, if you take away Aaron, Ross, Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be just fine. You know, so yeah, no, not, not at all. And, and to trade up for love when he just yeah. needed support and still had a five-year window was – you know, I, I can't blame him. I, I've never been a Rodgers fan. Um, I would welcome him with open arms just like I did Manning. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that's just, you know, for what he's given that, that city, the least they could do is give him a couple of weapons. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully – I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Hopefully he doesn't go to the Broncos. I'd be absolutely really pissed because you guys legitimately are just a quarterback away from being – a legitimate title contender and um, and getting rid of the Kansas City Chiefs, getting them out of your way with uh, with a talent like Aaron Rodgers. You certainly have the roster to, to support it. But so if it doesn't happen, is the is plan B really going to be Brock Osweiler? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Pac, uh, Paxton Lynch. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, sorry. 
uh, Trevor Simeon. God damn it. Uh, Chad Kelly. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Case Keenum. Uh, no, not even him. Damn it. Joe Flacco, Drew Lock, Teddy Bridgewater. Shit. Yeah, my my understanding is is they put together a team to go try to get Osweiler out of retirement because that that would be the best option right now. Uh, seriously, really? I, I <laughs> I'd say, you know, Locke has never had a uh, two years in a row with the same offensive coordinator, and I'm not saying that Pat Shermer is the answer, but just a little consistency in an off season. Again, if he could become a top 18, top 16 quarterback, right around the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. I'd say we're a playoff team. Um, and Bridgewater has proven to be a game manager in the past. Uh, you know, Peyton had experience with him in Minnesota, felt there was enough there. They got a great deal. We're paying him $2 million this year. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, so... If we go to you know if we go to battle with both of them and either one just emerges as a non turnover machine, I like our chances. I think you know both of our teams are greatly influenced by the Chiefs right now. And you guys picked four defensive backs in the draft. Is that right? Out of seven players? Yeah, uh, Devon Diablo. We, yeah, uh, we did too. We, we we both went very defensive back heavy. I mean, I think mm-hmm. everybody's kind of looking at the Tampa Bay. Uh, model as you know, you, you got to shut the guy down, stop trying to go to battle against him and, and try to, you know, run up the points and stuff. Play yeah. defense, play, you know, conservative offense, and and, and you, you've got a blueprint. Now, not everybody has a Tom Brady, but if you can, if you can minimize, uh, you know, Mahomes' chances, you're you're definitely better off than trying to outshoot the guy. And both, both of us drafted that way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there is a blueprint out there uh, to beat them because, you know, the, the Raiders used it during the regular season. Uh, uh, he's got a blueprint that the Buccaneers also used to beat them in to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I have to think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy are going to hit the – tape and come up with a way to to beat that and so but they certainly aren't aren't unbeatable like last year i was saying that they're that the chiefs were an absolute shoe in to win the afc west and most likely just a shoe in to make the afc championship game whereas this year i was talking with uh with scott on um with it that i definitely think that they are the odds on heavy favorites to win the afc west and that if I was betting, I would bet that they would win the AFC West, but they're no longer a shoe win. It's no longer a guaranteed thing. So, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. And if we get Rodgers, I don't even think I'd take that bet. Yeah, absolutely. So, now with that, you know, we went over some of the, in kind of an asshole way, we went over some of the uh, quarterbacks that the Broncos have had in the past because legitimately looking at the roster, Legitimately, you guys are just a quarterback away from being a legit championship contender. And so, but it's weird because as good as the roster is uh, for the Broncos, over the, since Peyton Manning retired, while they've tried a lot of different quarterbacks and used a lot of different resources to get a quarterback, it always seems like they've never fully committed to getting a stud quarterback. Let me, let me show you kind of what I mean. Like in 2017, the Broncos, I believe, had the 20th overall pick, which they used on Garrett Bowles who this year, it took him, became a franchise left tackle. So you can argue that that was definitely a very good pick. I, I'm, we, I'm holding out hope that that's the case. Uh, yeah. The offensive offensive holding call, he, he's always been very good when he's held, and the uh-huh. offensive holding calls were down last year. We'll see if uh, if they're still down this season. Uh, league-wide, yeah. they, they weren't calling it, and I think that greatly benefited him. In a contract year, I'm a little concerned about that one. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how it works out for him. Um, but so definitely the first three years he's had issues, but last year he was definitely really good. And so you can argue that that was definitely a good pick. But like the Chiefs leapfrogged the uh, Broncos. They traded up. They started behind the Broncos, and they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. Now, you can definitely argue that Patrick Mahomes was only going to work the way that he's worked only in Kansas City, that if he went anywhere else, he would definitely be a, a good quarterback, but not you know, quite possibly the greatest of all time when all is said and done, like it's looking like he will be now. You know, 
but uh, but then also the Texans also leapfrogged the Broncos in that draft to get uh, Deshaun Watson. And then in 2018, the Broncos had the number five overall pick, which they that's that's the year that they got Bradley Chubb. Definitely a, a great pick, but they also passed up on Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. 2019 and 2020 were kind of bad draft classes for the quarterback. But then this year, with the ninth overall pick in 2021, I mean, the 49ers leapfrogged the Broncos to trade up for Trey Lance. And the Broncos outright passed up on Justin Fields, which I think might kind of bite him in the ass. And then even without, without the draft picks, you know, teams this year have traded for guys like Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, and Matthew Stafford. And so looking at that, I mean, it's definitely they've made good use of the resources that they've used to build a good roster, but it doesn't really seem like they have really fully committed to getting a a, a stud quarterback. Is there anyone that, that like, looking back, you, uh, you would have pulled the trigger on them? Or is there anyone that um, – of like the guys I listed off or anyone that I didn't list off where you like, that's the one I wanted or I wish we had done made that move. Uh, definitely Deshaun Watson. Um, I, you know, uh, I didn't have Mahomes rated that high back then. I'm not going to go back and say, Oh yeah. You know, Mahomes would have been a great pick. He would have been, yeah. but you know, I, at the time he wasn't, he wasn't on my radar yeah. as we, we need to go up and get him. Um, the three you mentioned, Darnold, uh, Goff, and uh, Stafford, I, I wouldn't have overpaid for any of them. I think you know that, that gets us in the Case Keenum <laughs> position again. Uh, Allen's the, the one that is very intriguing. I, I thought if they liked him, I'd have been very happy with the Allen pick. When they passed on him, I felt they didn't like him. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he'd have been developed properly. Um, and I think they'd have given up on him too quickly. So I, I don't think Allen would have been the same quarterback with us. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I wish we could develop that. Um, you know, we, both of the quarterbacks that have been franchise changing quarterbacks from us, uh, came over, you know, via trade, via free agency. Uh, Elway was developed on the team, but. He was a once in a lifetime draft pick, and uh, Manning was already Manning when he came over. Uh, Shanahan was great at developing quarterbacks. Shanahan, uh, what him and uh, Plummer did was incredible. I think they still have possibly even more than than Mahomes and Reed. They might still have the highest uh, winning percentage of a quarterback uh, coach combination in 50 or more games. Uh, I'd have to look. It's been years, but at one point they did. Um, and he, he's the one that turned Young's career around in, in San Francisco. But outside of him, we haven't, we haven't been able to develop a quarterback to save our lives. Uh, and, and you got to remember, when we picked Paxton Lynch, Jones was fuming that we jumped up to grab him and had to settle for Prescott. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, dang, and that one – you know, it's funny because the Raiders also traded up in that same draft to get Connor Cook, you know, because they were worried that uh, that the Cowboys were going to take him. And instead of getting Connor Cook, the Cowboys had to get Dak Prescott. So, wow, in uh, both of our teams in that same draft <laughs> class did the Cowboys a huge favor when we were trying to screw them over. Hey, good job <laughs> for us. Damn it. That... <laughs> That's really impressive. West, yeah. <laughs> uh, so – no, no. So it uh, it definitely seems like the Broncos have had a chance to get a really good quarterbacks. You know, to your point, maybe they're not as good at developing them as other organizations are. Uh, so, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think I, definitely I, I, the one that stands I, I, out to me, the two that stand out to me are Deshaun Watson because I, I was much higher on him than a lot of people, a lot of people were, and just a talent there was too obvious to pass up on and then also josh allen just because he has that prototypical size speed arm talent that i know john elway really covets and so that one the fact fact they didn't take him made me think that they were not high on him because he was the the prototypical elway quarterback uh they they must have had their reservations same with fields um Mm -hmm. and i i 
apologize for not addressing fields because that's probably the biggest one left on your list. Uh, you know, fields, there's never been a successful Ohio State quarterback in the NFL. Um, and for whatever reasons, it's a great program and mm -hmm. the quarterbacks, they have a little bit more ammo in college than other ones do and sometimes overperform. Again, I, I leave it to Peyton who I, you know, I, I, at this point I've got to trust him. The fact that they did not pick him, uh, he just, he, he must not have been on the board. And the only other thought is that they know they're getting Rodgers. Um, cause that, you know, they had to come up before the draft, obviously, you know, nothing was going to happen before June 2nd. And I'm sure the NFL, you know, sent out a memo that, Hey guys, kill this immediately. We don't want this overshadowing the draft. Uh, yeah. but they, they may be pretty aware that, that they're going to have Rogers and that it, that might require Sertan as part of the, the trade. Uh, if they pick fields, they'd have been out of the you know, they wouldn't have been able to pull off the trade. So not not really sure what went down in the draft room, but either way, it was either a strong belief they were getting Rodgers or Fields just wasn't their guy. That is definitely one of the big trains of thought that they knew that they were going to be able to get Aaron Rodgers, and that's why they felt comfortable passing up on Justin Fields. Um, you know, I definitely realized that a lot of quarterbacks have come out of Ohio State, and none of them have really panned out. And there is something to that. Obviously, so when Ohio State plays their in-conference games, they have more talent on the field than every other team uh, in the in the Big Ten. You know, that's that's blatantly obvious, and so it makes the quarterback's life a hell of a lot easier. So, I don't know that I necessarily hold that against Justin Fields because he has he has a ton of talent. He's a big, strong kid with an explosive. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I think he's going to do very well in Chicago. And I think looking back, if the Broncos are, are not able to get Aaron Rodgers, that that may be one that kind of bites them. That is really a hard pill to swallow. So, I mean, cause yeah, you can, it, it could, it could define Peyton's, uh, you know, time with us. If, if, mm -hmm. if they don't get Rodgers and, and fields is able to, uh, to emerge as a powerhouse with the bears, uh, that'll definitely be, be a big, big black spot on Peyton's record. Yeah. So there's the, and there's also uh, a definite feeling that if they are not able to get a, a uh, better quarterback and they do have another rough season, that'll probably be last year for a big Fangio. I think he was on the hot seat, even this off season that he might've been, might've been uh, fired, but looks like they're going to give him another year. So it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how, how it all plays out. Because, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers comes over, that solves pretty much all the Broncos' problems. And mm -hmm. everybody is everybody involved with the Denver Broncos is going to make a lot of money for a really long time. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. So there are other things that happen in football than Aaron Rodgers, uh, as hard as it is to believe. But so with the, with the picks and the Brazian pickups that you guys did make, uh, especially getting uh, Patrick Sertan and was it Kareem Jackson, the cornerback that you uh, got from the Chicago Bears, or am I? No, we, we already had we already had Jackson. We got uh, right. he's a safety. Fuller. Yeah, we got he's... Kyle Fuller from the Bears, and we got that's Ronald good. Darby. Kyle Fuller. Thank you. We we also got Ronald Darby. Plus, we yeah. drafted uh, four four defensive backs in the draft. Now we we absolutely stacked, uh, and and we resigned Justin Simmons. Yeah, so, that was big. You know, Fangio's got more more players than he knows what to do with on defense. Um, I, you know, I really like the chance that we can start shutting down offenses. Yes. It's uh, they've definitely done really well. I remember in 2020, yeah, there was a lot of talk that they got AJ Bouye and he didn't really pan out. Yeah. Although you got really great value for him. I think it was what a fifth round pick you traded for him. Yes. And, and we had one year we were able to cut him at, at you know, no cost. It, 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 yeah. was, it, was, it was worth the gamble. Uh, it didn't work, but it was worth the gamble. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Patrick Sertan, I know, I know he's rated really high, and a lot of people like him. But I mean, the same thing with Justin Fields is that those Alabama defensive backs, their job is a lot easier than pretty much every other defensive back in college football because Alabama's deep, everyone on defense is just so much better than everyone else that they play. So I'm not as high on Patrick Sertan, but 
you know, because I, just because I said that, he's going to become an All Pro. So well, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so I, you're I, welcome I, for that. You. I felt that way going into the draft and was very, very disappointed when we picked him. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, reading about him and seeing both his commitment to the game, you know, he's going to be one of those, uh, you know, Ed Reed type of guys who, you know, beyond just being a great athlete, brings a brain to the game that, uh, you know, Champ Bailey type of player. Uh, okay. So I'm, 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 I'm. Those are, those really are big names you throw out there. Hmm? Those are big names you're comparing them yeah, to. There. No, I, I, I feel, you know, it, it's, it's almost like the Ken Griffey Jr. You know, he's, his father was in the league. He, mm-hmm. he grew up with the game. Um, yeah. And in addition to having incredible skills, I think he's got the smarts that, that you can't teach, uh, that either just come from, you know, naturally or from being immersed in the game for your entire life. Uh, and with, with a guy like Fangio, uh, who always puts his his safeties and his defensive backs in the best positions to win? Um, I'm I'm really excited. I, I I've always been a defensive minded ever since the Orange Crush defense and Randy Gratishar. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always been that I root for defense more than offense. So Manning was a lot of fun, but it was actually you know Super Bowl Fifty being the defense winning that Super Bowl really mm-hmm. was the icing on the cake for that one. Um, so I, I would hate to see Fangio go. I really hope that they can save his job. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's definitely kind of an, an enigma in the NFL. He, I believe he was the oldest NFL head coach to when he took his first, uh, head coaching job. Yes. Yes. And, uh, he's definitely been a mainstay as one of the better linebackers coaches and one of the better uh, defensive coordinators. And he, finally got his opportunity and it was kind of a weird one because everyone always says that while everyone else in the NFL was zigging, you know, grabbing these young offensive minded uh, head coaches that the Denver Broncos zagged and got this old defensive minded head coach. So, you know, it hasn't really worked out. It hasn't really worked out so far, but I'm sorry, go ahead. Bruce Arians just won the Super Bowl. Well, he's also offensive minded, and that wasn't his first head coaching job. Right, but but you know, going going with the older, uh, more seasoned, yeah. uh, I think is you know there there's still there's still a lot of value in that. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Whereas the young stud head coach is is always really is always really enticing, but you know this the NFL is still owned by Andy Reid an old coach, Bill Belichick, an old coach, Bruce Arians, an old coach. Um, and now Sean Payton, who is becoming an old coach, although he wasn't when he first took the job. Right. But, but yeah, so there are definitely a lot of young guys like Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyle Shanahan, who are uh, who are really make, making really well. But, I mean, an old, an old football coach, uh, young football coach, it's one of those things where age doesn't really matter and being older can, can really be a great advantage to you. So it's not really something that, uh, that I'd be too concerned about. And, and it's so far, I'd say it's been a little disappointing for Vic Fangio. I think most Bronco fans would agree with that, but it is also fair to say that you haven't really been able to evaluate him because there have been so many different injuries all along the way. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, what uh, what his future with the Broncos is, and well, how is uh, what's your feelings on Chucky now? About midway through the ten years, yeah. So this will be year four. I like John. I I really like John Gruden. So PFF just came out with their top offensive play callers, and he came out number four. Number three was Andy Reid. I mean, he beat out according to PFF. John Gruden is a better play caller than, you know, Matt Nagy in Chicago or Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco or Sean McVay in L.A. You know, so he's definitely – and the offense is, I think, really overperforming. For all this talk about what a mediocre quarterback uh, Derek Carr is and how the Raiders don't have a true number one wide receiver and how their offensive line was surprisingly pretty bad last year. 
put all that aside, they were seventh in points per drive in the NFL and 10th in overall points scored. So there's, there's definitely room for improvement, but uh, on, at least for the offensive side, it's going really well. The defensive side is the real struggle for the Raiders. And so they fired Paul Gunther. And it, it's one of those things where Paul Gunther was such supposedly the inside from a former player like Will Compton. Supposedly he was so disorganized and everything was so crazy that you can't really evaluate the Raiders defense on Paul Gunther. And so now with Gus Bradley in there as a new defensive coordinator, this is when we'll really be able to evaluate the defensive talent that we have because it's no longer, um, it's no longer a crazy person driving that train. (laughs) Yeah. So far, John Gruden has been all right. Uh, So, I mean, there's, but obviously he has been a little, a little disappointing in that he hasn't been able to help the the defense overall. What are the uh, Broncos fans? What do they think of John Gruden? Obviously, they hate him. But so what what would you say about John Gruden? I uh, so you know the first time around, I he was very impressed with him. Um, since he's back, uh, the Khalil Mack deal is still a head scratcher. Um, but uh, you know he's got he definitely has the Raiders turned around and has the culture again, uh, which. You know, honestly, as a Broncos fan, as much as I hate the Raiders, when you guys don't even have the culture and you're not even fun to play, it it, it ruins a couple games a season. So I, I'm glad that, you know, you guys have that pride back, uh, and he definitely restored that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very surprised uh, that he ranks that high on offensive calling. You know, you said he was fourth. Um, yeah. So, you know, doesn't – I'm surprised he's, he's that high. Uh, I would have expected him to be in the top ten. So I'm not surprised that he's doing well. But, uh, you know, surprised that he's doing that well and that the team is still not translating that into a, uh, you know, a real good product on the field. I, I, you yeah. know, I think you guys are still – Without Aaron Rodgers, you guys are, are better head-to-head than we are right now, but uh, I would expect more. Yeah, definitely, and it's – I hate to beat the I drum, but if, it, you put, if you put Derek Carr on the Broncos, we'd be a playoff team. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. For – you know, I talk with a lot of Broncos fans, and, um, and one of the reasons I hate them so much is just how – some of the ridiculous things that they told me, like some of them keep telling me that they love that – we that Derek Carr is our quarterback because he's basically Kyle Orton 2.0. And I just laugh at that thing. And my no, goodness, no. I mean, this is one, the Broncos are like the one team that he has a winning record against, which, um, and I don't like to say the quarterback has a winning record against because it's not quarterback really isn't a win loss um, record or it's not really, excuse me, the win loss record is not really a quarterback stat. That's a team stat in, in my opinion. Uh, but, uh, he always plays the Broncos very, very well. And, yeah, if you guys have had a quarterback that have produced like Derek Carr has, you'd easily be in contention for for the division and even the Super Bowl. So it's always something kind of interesting. Some, I'll, I'll, I'll also mention this. I was having uh, some arguments with some Broncos fans in the past, especially on Mile High Report, and someone was telling me that the Broncos were going to win the division because Case Keenum is a top five quarterback and Devontae Booker is going to absolutely run roughshod over the entire AFC West. And then, yeah, exactly. And Case Keenum, top five quarterback. I, I promise you that was his argument. And then uh, the next season, they're telling me that Joe Flacco, because he was a Super Bowl MVP, is, is an elite quarterback and he was going to take the Broncos all the way to it. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. The guy had a, an elite playoff in 2012. Ever since then, he's been wildly mediocre and on the decline. So, Vinovich handed them that game. Yeah. It they, was, they, uh, wanted, they wanted uh, Ray Lewis to, to win a ring. There was, uh, there, was, there was the multi-overtime game where 
I have never seen a more poorly officiated game. Not to mention Peyton Manning uh, was a decent quarterback, had a pretty good record. He was 0-7 in games officiated by Vinovich. Oh, wow. That's, that's never something you want to hear. That, yeah, I mean, I'm a Raiders fan, so I can go on for days about bad officiating. And, I mean, I can go on for days about the tuck rule. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so – but, uh, yeah, that's definitely a conversation for another time. So, let's see, wrapping this up. Um, so, the actual matchup of the Broncos Raiders. Holy shit, that's what we came here to talk about, the actual matchup. <laughs> Um, so, looking at, looking at it, the errors from 2015 to 2019, uh, they split the season series, the Raiders and Broncos did. And then 2020, the Raiders uh, swept them. So, looking forward to 2021, as the Broncos are now, because they don't have Aaron Rodgers just yet, so we won't speculate on them with Aaron Rodgers. As the Broncos and Raiders are right now, how do you see that going, like uh, predictions for the games? How do you – is there any position matchups that you like for the Broncos? Any position matchups you think the Raiders have the advantage? What are your thoughts? I, I see them splitting without Rodgers. I see us sweeping with Rodgers. Um, I think mm-hmm. you guys definitely have the quarterback position without Rodgers. We definitely have it with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, running back, I would give you guys the edge right now. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how uh, – how our draft pick comes out. Uh, he definitely uh, is a powerhouse, and if he can translate it to the NFL, I would I would say we've got that wrapped up as well. I'd say our defense is better. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll give you the game in 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 Vegas with with Carr if we don't have Rodgers, but uh, mm-hmm. but take that away, and I I'd, I'd say I think we've got the edge. How about you? Uh, so I mean. D- Obviously, with Rodgers, the Broncos are not just only favorites to beat the Raiders. They're favorites to win the Super Bowl at that point. And so, mm-hmm. whereas the Raiders are more than just a quarterback away, although I don't think they're as far as people think they are. Like, legitimately, a true stud pass rusher, a true stud cornerback, and a true stud wide receiver. And I think they're they're in the Super Bowl talk. But they don't have those. And the irony is that, you know, I mentioned this true stud pass rusher. Oh, you mean like Khalil Mack? Yeah, exactly like Khalil Mack. You know, a, a true stud wide receiver. Oh, you mean like Amari Cooper? Amari yes, Cooper, exactly yes. like Amari Cooper. Or, or oh, you mean like a- Antonio Brown? Yes, I get it. I get it. Okay, exactly like Antonio Brown. <laughs> so, oh, well, and in fairness, in fairness, when you guys had Antonio Brown, he was in such meltdown mode. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I can't blame you for that one or for Marquette King, how we got stuck with that guy, why we picked up one of your cut head cases is beyond me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, now Antonio Brown, you, you can't blame, but uh, Amari Cooper and, and Khalil Mack are still big head scratchers. Um, and it seems like Mayock's been doing a good job, but, you know, definitely not the world changer that everybody thought he could be. What, what's your thoughts on that? You know, so to the point of the wide receiver, the Raiders legitimately might have a stud wide receiver in either or Henry Ruggs third. Ruggs. Either one of those yeah, Ruggs. could become that one. I know Henry Ruggs was definitely underwhelming in his rookie season, but he definitely showed flashes where you're like, oh, shit, he's really good. I'm talking about the first game against the Carolina Panthers where mm-hmm. he was the Raiders were using him all over the field in so many different ways, and then he got injured. And then he was pretty much a glorified deep threat in the games that he was able to play. And I'll say this, in the games where Henry Ruggs played, the Raiders averaged an additional – an additional half yard per pass than in games without. Wow. So wow. that is not insignificant. Um, you know, that is, that is points on the, on the board. Um, and then Brian Edwards, he made one good play and it just happened to be against the Denver Broncos in that week 17 matchup. <laughs> um, but again, you watch that, you go, okay, there's something there. Again, he was very injured this season. And obviously, rookie season, COVID year, no made a camp, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the, all the reasons that, that you can list off. But then there's some plays where you go like, oh, okay, there's something there. So with an offseason and, and an offseason program, and now those rookie receivers in another year in John Gruden's system, 
they legitimately could have a number one wide receiver. They don't have a number one pass rusher, even with Yannick Ngakwe. A stud number two man. But I was stud number two man last season as a pass rusher, so that's that's a mild upgrade right there. So, but um, I definitely think they will – I don't know. I mean, I want to say it's going to be a split, but without Rodgers, I think the Raiders legitimately might sweep them. But, I mean, the games in Denver are always so close. I think the last three games in Denver have been decided by, like, a one – by less than one score. Let's yeah, say, no, they've, 20, been, they've been close. Yeah, 2018 – yeah, 2018, 2019, 2020, they've all been like one-point games. Um, and I'll say this, the two games that the Raiders lost, they missed an extra point and a 39-yard field goal. So, you know, those are definitely games that the Raiders uh, could have and probably should have won, but they didn't. So, I mean, they're, the Raiders definitely made a lot of strides this season. And... I don't know. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll I'll play it safe and say that they'll that they will um, split the series again with the home team winning again. Yeah, I I think that's without it, Rogers. That's the case. Yeah. So is Devontae Booker still your number two back after Josh Jacobs? Oh no, 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 no. Oh, you didn't hear about this. Okay, so. No. So they let Devontae Booker go, and I believe he oh, went okay. to the New York Giants because he finally had a decent season with the Raiders. But the Raiders then signed Kenyon Drake, who, okay. in my opinion, Big is upgrade. a huge upgrade over Devontae yes. Booker. Big upgrade. So, yeah, so it, it kind of surprised me. I, I actually thought about it when you said that the Raiders have a um, have an upgrade, you know, have the position battle at running back one. And I was like, does he know about Kenyon Drake? Because we just signed him. Um, yeah, then, then I definitely give you guys running back. Okay. It's interesting because a lot of people are saying that it was a stupid move because they paid they quite, paid quite a bit for him. It was two years, $11 million guaranteed, uh, I believe $14 million, uh total possible. Wow, which you is, guys got a better deal. We're paying Gordon more than that. That's exactly what I thought because a lot of people were knocking this like, oh, I can't believe the Raiders overpaid for him, blah, blah, blah. They already have Josh Jacobs. And they're paying him so much. I'm like, okay, one, he's not going to play the same role as Josh Jacobs. They're going to have an entirely different set of plays for Kenyon Drake than they will for Josh Jacobs. Two, the same people who are knocking this were praising the Broncos for getting Melvin Gordon III at two years, $16 million. And I believe it was $14 million uh, guaranteed. He and still so, has less 1,000-yard rushing seasons than Philip Lindsay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and so like all the comparisons that people say the Raiders made the wrong choice in bringing in Kenyon Drake, they're literally the same people who were uh, knocking, who were praising the Melvin Gordon thing. And you can, like literally every point that they were making could apply to the Broncos one. So that one was really interesting for me. So. No, that, then I give you the running back position. I still say we split, but. You, Honestly, you I'd also say we we take the tight end, and then obviously the wide receivers goes to you, and the defense as a whole goes to the Broncos. Um, and I got to put the coaching. I got to give the Raiders the coaching mid right now. I yeah yeah, just barely, but yeah. Well, cool. But um, excellent. Yeah, but all right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, Ed. Uh, it was a lot of fun. My so, you, Eric. Yeah. So um, real quick, is there is there any way that people can uh, can interact with you, maybe on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, or are you anti-social media? I'm not not big on social media, but uh, you know, if if you come to Mile High Report or uh, or um, Orange Main, mm-hmm. uh, I very very occasionally post as Gratishar fifty three, but I do try to check it at least a few times a week just to see, you know, what what the what the current posting is uh both of the sites are a little bit on the toxic side as all fan fan sites are and i just don't really have time for it sounds good all right um well i really appreciate it that's actually where i connected with uh 
with that here on the Mile High Report. It's where all those morons that told me Case Keenan was a top five quarterback and Joe Flacco was elite was at the same time, but they've also got some pretty good guys on there like Ed. So if you want to talk uh, some some football with Broncos fans, that's a pretty good place to do it. Uh, just remember that uh, their editor-in-chief, Tim Lynch, he banned me for one reason after the Raiders beat the Broncos in 2019 season opener just because I told everybody that I was right leading up to that one, and he got mad about that. So he's kind of a sensitive guy. But other than that, there are some pretty decent folks there on Mile High Report, as Ed is. Well, cool. Well, Ed, thank you so much. Uh, It was really fun to talk to you. And, hey, when the games come around, we will set this up again and preview those games, right? Excellent. I would be happy to, and I'll I'll keep in touch with you uh, in between then and now, especially if we get Rodgers. You'll be hearing from me. <laughs> if you guys do get Rogers, I'm gonna, I'm 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 going to go off the grid for a really long time, probably till like 2024. Uh, I won't I won't let you get away with it. <laughs> Sounds good, Ed. Well, thank you very much. Right, Take care. Great talking to you. Take care. Okay, so thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, another big thanks to Ed and apologies for it taking so damn long to get this episode out here. I appreciate his patience. He was very patient with me throughout this entire process. It is pretty difficult. I live in Italy. He lives in the Chicago area, so there's a huge time difference and things like that. Uh, really appreciate Ed for his uh, for his patience and helping me out to make this episode. I think it's a really, really good episode. What I really like about it is here we are like six weeks later, and Aaron Rodgers is still not a Denver Broncos. So that's definitely good news for Raider Nation. Um, bad news is it sounds like the Houston Texans are looking to trade Deshaun Watson, and he would like to go to the Denver Broncos as well. seems like everybody would like to go to the Denver Broncos, and yet the Denver Broncos aren't willing to make a trade for whatever reason. It's really, really odd because uh, they do have an absolute stacked roster, and with either Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, they're both elite quarterbacks who uh, would who would immediately elevate this the Broncos team to Super Bowl Super Bowl levels? So, luckily, it hasn't happened yet. Hopefully, it still doesn't happen, and we'll go from there. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Take care.